Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our next 633 event, the live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4, 12 through 20, called Until Christ is Formed in You. I will tell you, we have some stories of people we know who move from grace to law, from the gospel of grace with its freedom and beauty to the law of you better do it this way or you're, uh, you know what, everybody's pretty much wrong except us. What? And all of a sudden, freedom is stripped away. For what? Well, you... You guys got to be circumcised. That would take away my joy. <laughs> Gentile. Say what? Can't eat bacon anymore. Devastated. <laughs> Galatians 5.7, Paul says, You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Galatians 5.8, this persuasion did not come from him who calls you, brethren, a little leaven leavens what? The whole lump of dough. What happened to you? Well, I'm now enlightened and I realize that that simple gospel of grace cannot be the way that people will get right with God. No, you, you've got to join our group and be baptized in our baptismal with our formula. On the 31st day of the third month, or, you know, I mean, it's that, that kind of stuff. And you, you begin to say, what are you talking about? Oh, well, we used to think well of you, brother, but now we know what a simpleton you are. <laughs> Galatians 4.16, Paul says, have I therefore become your enemy by telling you the truth? Galatians 4.16, New King James, have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Have you ever been in a situation where you ministered to somebody and you felt like you were the best thing since sliced bread? So you bring the gospel and you help them and you minister to them and then they get enlightened over here by a website that they stumbled onto and now you're out to lunch. Oh, you, you, you don't have it right, man. See, I, I've moved past that now. Paul says, am I your enemy now? Yet you, you had so much joy. You received me like an angel when, or like Christ when I was a mess physically speaking. And now because these false teachers have gotten into your ear, now they've painted me like I'm your enemy. Am I your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. They eagerly seek you, 417, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out in order that, they, that you may seek them, NIV. Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may be zealous for them. Please hear what I'm about to say. False groups love bomb uh, uh, potential converts. They love bomb them. You know what that means? Oh, you got, you're so great and so wonderful. We're so sorry you were duped by that 
church that you've been attending for 10 years and don't know what they're talking about. But we love you so much. Look, we brought you chocolate <laughs> and a free subscription to our, you know, whatever. You're so wonderful and great. We just can't stand you not being part of our organization. And they love bomb them. Well, hey, here's Jim and Sally, Sally and Jim. Look at that. You know, they got two kids and a dog named Spot. Now look, (laughs) it's good to show the love of Jesus to people. But there's times when it could be a little over the top. (laughs) And you start to wonder, Have you ever been somewhere and someone comes up to you and they're really friendly and and they're interested in you and then all of a sudden the business card comes out for the products and services they'd like to sign you up? Uh, You know, if you could be part of my pyramid pyramid scheme, uh, I get more money when you join, so I'm going to be really nice to you in the grocery line because I'd like to add you to my growing pyramid. I'm at the top. You can be midway if you'd like. You know, somewhere in the middle. I'm at the top. (laughs) You guys get what I'm saying? This is what the groups do. They, They try to convince you that you've been wrong, alienate you from people that love you the most, and now bring you into their group. Because if you don't come into their group, it's going to be a disaster. I remember some years ago, I talked to a gentleman who was involved in one of these kind of schemes, marketing. And the whole thing was about, hey, if you do this for the next 10 or 20 years, you can free yourself up to do ministry. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute. For the next 10 or 20 years, I plan on doing ministry. I'm not going to wait 20 years till I get to a financial point in my life to then do ministry. I'm doing ministry now, and I believe that God will supply however he wants to supply, whether that's I'm bivocational, I work a job and do the ministry, which I did for a while, or whether or not at some point he allows me to do it full time. Everybody with me? Oh, if you you could do this for 20 years, and then you'll be able to, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, brother. (laughs) I want to live for the Lord now. They use flattery and alienation. Romans 16, 17 says, I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned and turn away from them. For such men are slaves, not of our Lord Jesus Christ, but of their own appetites. And by their smooth and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. They hover around and say, Unless you're circumcised, you cannot be saved. They steal away the affection. They alienate you from your family. I mean, if you guys have studied any of the ways of the cults, this is what they do. They tell you you can't talk to your family anymore. What? No, you can't talk to those people anymore. You're part of our group now. So I can't talk, I can't call my mom on the phone? No, no, you can't call your mom. Why not? Well, because... You know, and then they give you the reason. She's bad for you. Wait a minute. She bore me and nursed me and took care of me for the first 37 years of my life. 
thought you needed a little bit of humor at that point. Warning. Warning. Cultic tendencies. Have you, have you heard the stuff going on in Scientology? They spy on each other and report each other. And you've got to report, report it every day. Yeah, follow them around. <laughs> what in the world? You can have that, man. <laughs> Sorry. I got better things to do than follow you around. <laughs> Y'all with me? This is what's going on. And Paul says, it's good, 18, always to be eagerly sought in a commendable manner. It's fine, NIV, to be zealous, provided the purpose is good. Hey, if somebody is zealous for you, if someone came into, into the Galatian area with a new Bible study and said, hey, you know, Paul can't be here all the time, and we've got a new study, and we'd love to help you grow so you can be conform more into the image of Christ, Paul says, praise the Lord. But not if they're preaching a false gospel. Not if they're pulling you away from the truth. No. It's good to be sought in a commendable manner and not only when I'm present with you. And then Paul says, my children, with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. Paul, says one writer, pictures himself as a mother who gave birth to the Galatians but now fears their premature death. I'm again in labor is a striking image meant to jolt and awaken them. Paul is in labor pains. We can picture labor as gasping in pain or agony with the Galatians. However, after having spiritually nursed them in their new life in Christ, he became again in labor with them. This is an abnormal and unnatural picture, he implies. You've already experienced the new birth, but now you're acting as if you need to be spiritually born all over again. And as another writer puts it, you make me feel like a mother who has to deliver the same baby twice. That's Paul. And if you were in Paul's sandals, your temptation might be to just say, you know what, go, whatever. But that wasn't Paul's heart. He was in labor, which tells you how much he cared. They were spiritual children to him. The goal, until Christ is formed in you. It seems wisest, says one writer, to see that the bold metaphor of Galatians 4.19 draws on a rich textual tradition, including Jeremiah 8.21, Isaiah 42.16, and Isaiah 45.10. The apostle's cry reminds the Galatians that his labor is also God's labor, and that God is the one who has power to bring from conception to birth, from beginning to completion. Furthermore, this creative power cannot be divorced from the suffering of God and its embodiment in the apostles' missionary preaching, close quote. In other words, as Paul feels in labor for this church, he is a representative of Christ. And Christ cares so much about us that when we get knocked off course, he cares. He is concerned about his people. Paul desired that the master potter would take his clay and form it his way. But now the, these uh, Galatians were being influenced by false teaching. And Paul says, man, now I'm in labor again because I thought you guys were good. I thought you guys were safe. Now I, this is 
Isaiah 42, 14, now like a woman in labor I groan, I will both gasp and pant. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael Lance for the next 633 event called Race, Injustice, and Critical Theory, using scripture to define humanity with guest Monique Dusan. We do hold the premise that critical race theory is not the way forward, but we also affirm that racism is still real. You know, so if you're someone who believes that all racism is a thing of the past because we had the civil rights era and we've, you know, done some work to overturn some laws, we will challenge that narrative as well. Come willing and open to learn and ask good questions because what we don't want to do is just, you know, tell people this is what you should think. We want to create a space where we are creating a framework, so to speak, where people can gather knowledge and then be able to think critically about these things for themselves as well. Race, Injustice, and Critical Theory Using Scripture to Define Humanity will be on Sunday, August 16th at 6.30 p.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. This free 633 event will also be live-streamed on YouTube on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Church for more information and directions. That's walkintruth.com and click on Church. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. If you were in Paul's sandals, your temptation might be to just say, you know what, go, whatever. But that wasn't Paul's heart. He was in labor, which tells you how much he cared. They were spiritual children to him. The goal, until Christ is formed in you. It seems wisest, says one writer, to see that the bold metaphor of Galatians 4.19 draws on a rich textual tradition, including Jeremiah 8.21 Isaiah 42.16 and Isaiah 45.10. The apostle's cry reminds the Galatians that his labor is also God's labor and that God is the one who has power to bring from conception to birth, from beginning to completion. Furthermore, this creative power cannot be divorced from the suffering of God and its embodiment in the apostle's missionary preaching, close quote. In other words, as Paul feels in labor for this church, he is a representative of Christ. And Christ cares so much about us that when we get knocked off course, he cares. He is concerned about his people. Paul desired that the master potter would take his clay and form it his way. But now these uh, Galatians were being influenced by false teaching. And Paul says, man... Now I'm in labor again because I thought you guys were good. I thought you guys were safe. Now I, this is Isaiah 42, 14. Now like a woman in labor, I groan. I will both gasp and pant. This shows you how important the master potter takes his shaping of our lives, right? And so we need to be careful what shapes us. This is why The New Testament is filled with warnings about false teachers and false teaching. Sometimes people who read the New Testament for the first time all the way through are shocked at how many of the letters directly address false doctrine. In fact, many of them were written to counter false doctrine. Why? Because of the influence that it could have on 
God's church. Final verse. But I could wish to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. The New English Bible says I'm at my wit's end about you. I don't know what to do, but I'm pleading with you to move away from this false teaching and to get back to the gospel. Amen? I don't know about you, but it's pretty easy for me as a human to be at my wit's end with a lot of things, <laughs> right? It, it, on a human level, it, probably for a lot of us, it doesn't take much to throw in the towel on a relationship, a difficult person, a person that we've been trying to disciple and they just don't get it and we're like, at my wit's end, man. But the ministry is about continuing to pour into God's church because he counts his church as precious to him. So much so that he died for his people. Amen? So we continue to put up with one another, <laughs> right? To love each other. To show the patience that Christ shows to us in our lives. I am amazed at how patient God is with me. And then to wrap this full circle... If you want to know how to move away from taking two steps forward and one step back, which was the sermon last Sunday, how do we, how do we keep moving forward and not regress? Well, we, we realize that the goal is, and it's verse 19, and I want to just plant this in your brain one more time. I'm again in labor until Christ is formed in you. What are the things that are shaping and forming you the most today? Do you feel... At this given moment, a little bit like, ah, I'm kind of just out of it, not, not really where I need to be. Start considering your shaping influences. Look at your week and ask the question, how much is Christ and his word influencing me on a given week? Is it a 45 minute on Sundays and then see you later? Or is it, no, I'm diving into the deep end of the pool, man, because I want Christ to be formed in me. My encouragement to you is if you feel at this point like you're a little bit dry or misshapen, dive back into the deep end of the pool. Get into multiple Bible studies. Open the Word of God afresh every day, and He'll do a new work in your life. Father, thank you for this precious group of folks. Thank you for all those who are in the Sunday school classes today. Uh, all of our precious kids that come here from the littlest to the most precious uh, seniors that are in our midst, the, from the youngest to the oldest and everybody in between, Lord. Each one is precious to you. Thank you for the work of conforming us into your image that you are doing. Thank you for your patience as you mold and shape us. We think of the old story about the silversmith who says that he knows he's done with the vessel when he can see his reflection in it. And we know that that's what you're doing in our lives. And thank you that you're so good. Your love never fails. You never give up on us. You continue that shaping work. Even when we get knocked off course by sometimes false ideas or a lack of faith or whatever it may be, and Lord, even if right now we're feeling a little bit weak, it's amazing to me to know that Paul came into Galatia and he was sick. And you 
used him to preach the gospel when he was sick, which tells us that even when we're not feeling our best and maybe things aren't going the way that we would hope, you can still use us. Maybe more powerfully than if we were well. As upside down as that may seem at first. If you're here with your head and heart bowed and you've not known Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you're not sure that you know him, this would be a great time to just settle that and just ask him to come into your life. Something just very simple, yet so profound. Lord Jesus, would you save me? Make me your child. Conform me into your image. Take my weakness, my sin, my shortcomings, and please forgive them. Thank you that you nailed those things to the cross and make me alive. I, I want to experience that resurrection power. And even when I'm suffering, I want to know that you're there in the midst of that shaping and forming. If you're a prodigal, it may be something just very similar that, Lord, I've gotten away from you, but I want to be back on the potter's wheel and would you mold and shape me into a beautiful vessel that you can use in this earth? And the Lord, for each and every precious saint that's here, whatever they may be facing, if they're experiencing some really good positive times or some more challenging times, to know that you are faithful. You can even use our weaknesses to express your gospel. I pray your mercy would flow over this room right now. Each of the individual hearts that are crying out to you, each of the individual situations that you're well aware of, where there's need of healing and mercy and strength, where there's need of perspective, where there's need of just renewal and refreshment, I pray that you would be moving powerfully throughout this room ministering to every heart. You know every heart, Lord. But you wash over your people. Refresh and renew and encourage. Bring us to the one who is the truth. Renew our hope if we're feeling a bit hopeless. If someone here is feeling a little bit like, man, they don't even know what life's about, I pray that they would see Christ formed in me. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this precious time we've had together. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. You've been listening to Until Christ is Formed in You, part three on Walk in Truth, the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4, 12 through 20. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or part one or two or both, you can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you like on the podcast. You can listen on the Living Truth app or on your favorite podcast app, like iPodcast, iHeartRadio, you know all of them. You could even listen to some of these episodes in Galatians that you might have missed. So you can listen to the Walk in Truth podcast while you're just going about your day, doing something around the house, maybe driving in the car. Anytime you're out and about, you can have your headphones on listening to Walk in Truth. And if you listen to our show on iPodcast or iTunes, could you do us a favor and make sure you leave us a rating? The better our ratings get, the more people see the program, the more people hear the word. So we'd appreciate it if you did that. And remember, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Now, here's Pastor Michael. There's an old story about a silversmith who's working on a vessel, and some ladies come and visit the silversmith, and they have questions for him as he goes about his process of scraping away the dross and heating up the vessel. And they ask the question, when do you know that you're done? And he responds, when I can see my own reflection in it. This is the bottom line of until Christ is formed in you. When God can see his own reflection, when people can see Christ's reflection in you, when people say, man, they've been with Jesus. And that's when we know that we are making the progress that we need to make. Well, tomorrow we're going to have a special interview with Monique Dusan, And it's about our 633 event coming up this Sunday night. It's called Race, Injustice, and the Gospel of Critical Theory. And the reason we're doing it is because there's a lot of tension going on in the culture, division in the body of Christ, and we believe that this is a time to bring truth and love uh, to the topic and uh, inform as much as we can with truth in a loving and compassionate way. And and that's our goal. And there's an interview happening tomorrow with Monique Dusan right here. Please tune in, tell a friend, and we'll see you right here for that special interview tomorrow. And join us tomorrow for a special program with Pastor Michael as he interviews Monique Dusan, a racial unity advocate and the founder of the Center of Biblical Unity. And she's also the speaker of our 633 event this Sunday, August 16th. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.